Alright then. <clears throat> Hello! Cough. Cough. <laughs> the first episode. Clear out me. my throat. Yep. Oh, come on, man. You knew it was going to happen. <laughs> like. <laughs> I didn't know that. No, I didn't. <laughs> I don't know why I thought it was going to be a clean start. Yes. No. Mm mm. Hello, everyone, and welcome. God damn it, Calvin! What? The first fucking episode of the new year! Come on! Alright, I'm just gonna shut up. Okay, we're do your thing. God fucking damn it! My bad. This is why I get for not doing anything with him for the past two weeks. It's all been bottled up, and now he just. It's it's ready to explode everywhere. Um, phrasing? Hey, but on the Gross. bright side, like all those new listeners on on Stitch, they'll they will totally understand. Like they just got a little glimpse for like two years worth of of Calvin giving you shit, man. Like, dear Stitcher listeners, this happens all the fucking time. Yeah. Like, actually, Mark does bring up a good point. That is actually kind of fucked up. Because like this could be the first episode where we announce we're on Stitcher, and then all those new Stitcher listeners go back. And just be like, oh yeah, here we go, and just, like just randomly fucking up all over the place right in the beginning. Right no, there. no, no, this is not random. You planned this, sir. You fucking planned this, and I would not be convinced otherwise. Okay, well, you know, apples or oranges, plans or random, whichever you prefer. As a red player, they both are the same to me. Hey, there's nothing spontaneous about combustion. If you blew up, it's because someone fucking wanted you to blow up. What if I plant to spontaneously combust? screwed over today because of that. And technology. So, I think that we're, we got a little Commander Cast connection there. It's tenuous. Tenuous at best. Hello everyone and welcome back to Commander Cast episode 231. For your weekly source for community, strategy, and technology Hosted on NTGCast.com, Stitcher apparently, and our home site, CommanderCast.com. We're recording this on January 7th, 2016. I am your host of the show, William, and joining me as always are my perennial co-host, Calvin. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, everybody. It's Calvin. I'm also known as Captain Red Zone, right on the internet in case you haven't heard before. If you happen to be a newer listener on Stitcher, thank you for coming over and listening to us now and catching up with us. And, you know, just letting you know, there's a huge archive of CommanderCast podcast product stuff and shows over on our main site, CommanderCast.com, that's currently not on Stitcher. So if you want to hear some archive stuff, hear me and Will mess things up. Want to go back to the first hundred episodes and hear some good stuff from Andy? It's all there. So, you know, go over, CommanderCast.com. Boom. All right. Is that enough um, site plugging for now, or can we just, like, move on with the intro? I mean, I don't have to, like, plug something more. I mean, I was going to plug Mark showing up in the show, but, eh. Hey, I said moving on into yeah. the intro. He's a part of the intro. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that as an intro. That's fine. Uh, Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> so how'd you do during Christmas break, Mark? 
It was good, man. I played a lot of old games. Not necessarily magic games, but a lot of old games and board games. So, I have a recommendation for everybody out there, which is kind of old because this game came out in like 2012. But yo, people should play King of Tokyo. That game is, that game is a board game where you play various horrible monsters that try to take over Tokyo. It's, that's, what else do I need to sell this thing? Like, go play that. I mean, that actually does sound really sweet. Like, I just got Boss Monster a couple of months ago, but I haven't had a chance to actually play it yet. Yeah. Now, when you say and, try to take over Tokyo, do you mean, like, run for governor or put a poster oh, no, 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 and try like, to, like, you know, like, vote for Mumra as your upcoming <laughs> what? The next election? No, 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 no. Godzilla Gamera no. 2016, bro. Yeah. And in, in, this is actually connected to us because Richard Garfield designed the game. So, look at that. Me with a connection. What? Okay, so seeing as how this is the beginning of the new year, gentlemen, and seeing as how now that we're starting a new year, we're actually starting by going into a new format available on Stitcher. I think this would be a perfect time for us to give, like, a quick bio on the current three hosts that's on the show. Does that sound decent to you guys? I mean, I know our long-time listeners know who we are, but, you know, in case newer ones don't. Well, sure, but you got to start us off. Okay, let's see here. Quick bio on me. My name is Calvin, as I've said already. I have a affinity for red and potentially white on that occasion, mostly. But let's see here. I play aggressively. I have a tendency to beat people's face in, even in Commander. Yes, I know how difficult that is. I understand. Still my thing. Let's see. Former co-host on another podcast on this all-color cast. Uh, former owner of another site called Creative of Face, which is a long, long time ago. Uh, been here with William for about, what, two years now? Two, going on three. Yeah, something around that time. And that's basically all you guys need to know about me. Oh, and I have a, uh, I also like to say boobs a lot. Boobs are amazing. So, Mark, what about you? What do people need to know if they don't want to know about you? Uh, I like artifacts. Dirtling around with artifacts. Uh, probably the dumber the better. I like the graveyard. I like to do messed up shit with it. I do not like graveyard hate. Um, but I always forget that other people play it. Um, I'm not a good player. I think Casual Scrub is the, uh, the title I have adopted. Uh, it's the old Andy title, and I, I wear that badge of pride. Um, I edit stuff on the site, and I run another podcast called Deck Builder Spotlight, which I also, um, kind of purloined from Andy. So I'm a thief. Uh, I'm a thief and a dirtily thief, and not a good one at that. Um, but I get to talk to cool people about their decks, and uh, that shows up probably about once every two weeks or so. So I got a new—I don't want to call it a season, but I got a new uh, group of shows lined up uh, for that. Um, and yeah, that's what I do. And I show up here, and then we usually talk about stuff um, and make fun of me for making bad deck choices. No, 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 Mark. We don't make fun of you for making bad deck choices. But there is a person on the show who we do make fun of for his deck choices. Oh, that's true. That would happen to be our host, <laughs> William. So go ahead, William. Tell the people about yourself and why everybody who is who who listens to this show is going to learn to hate you very, very quickly. Well, okay. Hi, I'm William, and I'm the lead rambler of the group. And wait, no, that's neither me nor the show. That is the wrong show, sir. <laughs> no, I'm the guy who likes to make homages, because then it's not stealing. And I'm the guy who likes to take the positive spin on cards that are just really bland, or horrible, or underplayed. Basically, Mostly horrible. Most Those cards and are actually fun. Mostly not played at all. Like, underplayed is, a def- <laughs> is, is an overstatement for what William picks for his cards. 
underplay would mean like you know like you got like a group of like seven people and you know maybe that one guy occasionally every once in a month decides to try to add this new card to his deck no 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 william plays like the junkiest like uh you we just don't understand sometimes why he picks these cards <laughs> i'll give you i will this i think i got an example so like new banalia is a sweet card it's kind of underplayed though you know it just gives you like scry one no big deal um uh, bad card would be the the new um oh god was the the new big legendary uh angel that you love will and we all hate ah uh, which one the, the the other one, not the really good one that protects all your permanents and makes them indestructible, but the really crappy one that costs five. Are you talking about small Avacyn? Yeah. A- the Avacyn's fine! No. No, no she really that is no. No! Listeners, actually just is! Listeners, don't, don't believe him. Like, don't, don't you start spreading that lie. Don't nobody want to hear that. Ain't nobody got time for that. It's not a lie! I play her! She's fine! In fact, I think she's actually good! Oh, ooh, listeners, don't, don't. <laughs> So prime example uh, right there. Mm. So if you're a new listener, then this next segment will be right up your alley because we do this just for you new listeners. It's our favorite commanders of the week because this way you get an idea of who we are through a commander that we play with. We tell you a little bit of who our favorite commander is each week because, you know, we have different commander decks and sometimes our favorites fluctuate. So, Calvin, who's your favorite commander this week? But my favorite commander for the week would have to be Kalimni, the disciple of Iris. And for any listeners out there, she's a 3-3 giant soldier. She costs two colors and a red and a white, which makes her a Boros legendary creature. And she has this ability on her where she can have double strike. That's right, she hits you twice. She has vigilance, which means she can block and attack if she chooses to. And she has the another ability where if a creature with five or more converted mana costs is cast from your hand, she gets an experience counter, and that experience counter gives her a uh, plus one, plus one bonus, making her bigger and bigger and bigger, as long as you continuously give her big things to, you know, honor her, I guess. The primary reason she will be my favorite commander for the week is because, well, actually, you know what, I'm going to hold off on that, because we'll get to that in the two segments from now. So, you know, stick around, you'll find out. William, what is your favorite commander for the week? First of all, let me say that I'm surprised getting caught the Disciple of Lift. No, 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 no. Not, no. See, Eros is the god, but he's the god of Lyft. She's not the disciple of Lyft, she's the disciple of Eros. Alright, I can buy that. It also looks like she did not skip leg day. Yeah, she did. Like, like, look, if you are down with Eros, you cannot miss leg day. He has four of them. Mm-hmm, yeah. Leg day is a huge part of that man's day. You just have to deal with it. Alright, so my favorite commander of the week is Nekazar the Mind Razor. So, here's the thing about my, my Nekazar deck. I tried playing the, the the version where you could probably name off like what was it thirty different cards or something like the whole Nekazar fifty nine cards yeah the whole I can guess fifty nine of your cards type thing with Nekazar and that wasn't really quite me I don't know if I wasn't just playing it right or what but the whole Nekazar play a bazillion mo- wheel effects and all that without purpose you know just kind of that forced group hug thing that wasn't really quite working for me. So I actually converted it into this wonky control deck type thing. Like, don't get me wrong, it still has, like, spiteful visions in, like, the at least 20 of the 59 cards you would expect to see in a Nekazar deck. But I also kind of changed things up so that I wouldn't necessarily need Nekazar to use it. It's mostly kind of, like, a Grixis control passive win condition kind of deck. Like, I moved Phoenix into it, the Aberration is in there, but it's based, but it's still based around the Possibility Storm package. Where I know that any sort of 
Am I casting enchantment or sorcery? I'm casting it because I want to change the rules of the game. And any instant I cast is just going to be a counterspell, because all the instants in my decks are counterspells. So I had a lot of fun with that last week. And I flat out told someone, yeah, the point of this deck is to give you satisfaction when you tell me to eat a dick. Like, this is the deck where I get to be that guy, and I get to be, and I just want to fill you with vindication to just take me out back and just beat the dog out of me, you know? Also, I may or may not be trying to make you hate possibilities, but that's neither here nor there. Beat the dog out of you. Yeah, it's, what they would, it's what, how they would phrase it on the manipul. Because that's a more family-friendly show. Gotcha. Oh, are we, so, are we so family-friendly so like for the year? Oh, no, we're not. Wait a second. Let me, get, let me get this straight. He just said, this is the deck that he plays for people who tell him to eat a dick. But then he refuses. <laughs> but then he goes with the family-friendly version. I'm telling him, I'm telling him that he's going to get the dog beaten out of him. <laughs> yep. So I think maybe maybe we can cut William's intro and just like place that description <laughs> in the place where we talk about who we are because I think that says more really about Will. That that's like all all that you really need to know. <laughs> I did have a lot of fun with the deck because our deck this time though playing it as a more control playing it as more of a control deck rather than this really weird combo deck made it a lot more fun for me. So, Mark, what are you playing this week? So, this week, um, actually, I have to give a special shout-out to uh, Kurt and Ward for turning me on to this, because I was, in in the uh, in the spirit of being totally oblivious over the break, I didn't even realize that spoilers were out, and I had a couple of people hit me up about General Tazri, uh, who is the, the new ally legend out of uh, the Oath of the Gatewatch. Uh, so I'll read them off in case people haven't seen the spoiler yet. So General Tazri is four colorless and, a, and one white, a uh, legendary creature, human ally. He's a 3-4, no one cares. Uh, when General Tazri enters the battlefield, you may search your library for an ally creature card, reveal it, put it into your hand, and then shuffle your library. Or, for Wooberg, ally creatures you control get plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is the number of colors among those creatures. Um, so obviously I haven't played with this guy yet because he's not out. Um, but I've been kind of retooling my five-color allies deck. Like uh, Battle for Zendikar had a uh, a lot of neat little tech in there, not quite as much as I wanted, and you know, Famunda cheese still sucks balls. So, mm. but at least we got a really sweet ally here. I mean, he's an ally tutor. I don't know how much I'm going to be using like the overrun effect for him, uh, but the ally tutor is really sweet. So, and putting him at the head of the deck, I could search out some pretty sweet allies or just. Any other, you know, like I have an awful lot of, uh, like shapeshifter effects in there too, so like that any of the changelings could pop out when I need them to. I used to run Reaper King at the head of this deck, so he was kind of like my backup, like destroy any permanent thing. So I might, when I put General Tazri in the top slot, I might have to retool the deck a little bit just to prioritize a little more removal. Um, but so maybe I might like split off and make like a little splinter deck for this one and see how it runs, but that's what I've been rocking lately. But on the other end of the spectrum, now you're going to have a lot more allies that you can potentially put into the deck with the new set coming out. Because it seems like allies are just on every damn thing in the new set. Even <laughs> if it true. doesn't, it, it doesn't, it, it's like, even if it doesn't have like the ability that the allies are looking for in this particular set, they're just everywhere. I saw an <laughs> elf the other day, I looked at it and was like, okay, that's an ally as well. And I, I just didn't understand why. It didn't have anything on it. It nope. didn't have that, what is it, that reinforce effect. Yeah, and it doesn't uh, have no, like it, it just it just said like no, yeah, you got six right. like you, you got six lands. I turn into Tomagoy. That's basically what it read to me. Yeah, and I'm like, like if you're hmm. not 
it's, it's weird, man. It's like if you're not an Eldrazi, you're like automatically an ally, which I guess fits thematically, but it's weird. You know, like I look at cards like Weapon Trainer. I'm like Weapon Trainer's kind of cool. It's like other creatures you control get plus one, plus oh, as long as you control an equipment. But I'm not putting that in my allies deck. Like I don't give a shit about that. But I might put it in a Boros deck, because that's kind of sweet, you know. Or, you know, like other weird things. Like they, just, they have, like Cliffhaven Vampire, I'm actually legit excited about. Like, you know, that new, the new black white deck, uh, that came out for Commander 2015. Like, I'll probably retool that to be like a little ping you, like, you know, death by a thousand cuts deck. And like, that guy would probably go in there. But I don't give a shit that he's an ally. So, I have a feeling it's gonna happen, with the exception of General Tazri, I have a feeling that the allies are gonna be like, just thrown on, like a creature type just thrown on there again. Uh, yeah. Maybe I'll do Oath of Gideon, maybe, cause he like makes allies, I guess. Yeah. The Oath of Gideon makes allies. Yeah, he gets like two. Um, when he enters a bat, when the enchantment enters a battlefield, you get two one-one white core ally creature tokens. Like my Sweet. deck relies on making dumb triggers. Like I originally built the deck to teach myself about triggered abilities versus activated abilities because I'm dumb. Um, so it just has triggered abilities, goddamn everywhere. So if I pop out, if I get two triggers on my allies, like dumb shit starts cascading in my deck. So. So, so basically what happens is Mark casts an ally. He sees, he's like, does anybody have a counter spell for this? And they're like, nope. He's like, all right, nobody move. <laughs> let me look at my board for a second. Yeah. Like, let all me right. take, like, five minutes to resolve this. <laughs> all right, all right. Let me just make sure I know exactly. I'm, all right, this, yep, okay. I'm going to do this. You're going to take two. I'm going to get this card, gain this life. Yep. Is that it? All right, good. All right, all right. Now he's entered the powder <laughs> Good, go, go. Yeah, it's mostly like Mark forgets triggers, so. Yeah. Well, that actually helps me with my resolution later on. All right, so, you people at home, you people in your cars, you people listening to this show wherever you happen to be. What do you mean, you people? <laughs> I mean, yeah. you the li- people, you the people, the listeners, the collective. <laughs> That's kind of a strange way to announce everybody, man, like, you people. Hey, you people. <laughs> you. Hey. Hey, you with the headphones. Yeah, you. You. No, no, not you. Not not that guy. You. So we had this little thing called a Patreon. It's a little place where you can go and support this show. If you like what we do here, you like what this, you like the stuff that we put up, the stuff that we're going to put out. Hopefully, we're going to be putting out some really cool st- stuff in, in these next couple months. I actually need to make get some great software going so I can get that project I want to do. But if you like what we do and you want to see some more of it, you want to help support us. Go ahead, head over to our Patreon, look up the Commander Cast Network, and you can go ahead and click Donate to become a monthly donor. I haven't worked out what the monthly rewards are going to be. Right now, we're in tip mode. And yep, really- so, the first, so the first tier we have is you donate a dollar, and that's called the tip. And you can give us the tip, just a tip. And if a little extra happens to slip in, we won't complain, sir, and or madam. Yep. And actually, I want to pull up the Patreon real quick, because we actually managed to grab a few more people, and that... It always makes me incredibly excited and happy to see that the Patreon is growing just a little bit each day. So, pulling that up real quick. Right now, we're up to $45 a month from nine different people. Wow. Oh. And, like, there's two people, no, three people who think we're worth $10 a month. Get out of town. Just in tip mode. Like, just from everything we're doing right now. Just a tip. For those three people, it's worth $10 a month. Guys, that is amazing, and I love you so much. I would kiss you right now, but then that would be strange. What do you think the going rate is for just the tip? Hmm. Oh. Just, the going rate for just the tip is a dollar. <laughs> that is just the tip. Okay. All right, if you want to go ahead and get in on, 
on any of the conversations we have, you can go ahead, head over to CommanderCast.com or our Facebook page or even our Reddit threads. Go ahead, get that going. Part of my New Year's New Year's resolutions is to get more involved in the community at large. And hey, if you want to be a part of that, go ahead and head over. I'll answer questions when I can. You can go ahead and ask the other guys stuff, and they'll pop in when they can. I know Clay is a Reddit user. So, yeah, there's that. But now it's time to get on to the meat and bones of our show. Back to Commander Cast Classic. None of this one topic. Let's try and draw it out while we wait for Calvin Wait, Calvin ever actually showed up stuff. Nope, we're back to our three normal segments. Time for us to go into our first community segment of the year. And we're going to talk about our New Year's EDH resolutions. So stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back. So hold on a second. Before before we go too much further, this part is probably going to have to get cut. It, so now Marquez admitted that he's a thief. William has admitted he does homages, <laughs> which is basically thievery. I haven't admitted to thievery at all, and I'm the black guy here. So is this actually something? There you go. There you go. There goes our chance at another fire, at a five star rating ever again. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> No faster like, rating again this week. Like, like, I'm not trying to make any particular insinuations here about ethnicity, but I'm just kind of pointing out that there, that the show currently has a black man, a white guy, and a Hispanic dude on it. And it's the black person who's like, nope, nope, I try to do what I can to create my own things and play with my own styles. So far to me, I can say. You know, it's the New Year's. You know, maybe we're a little late to this, a couple of weeks, week and a half at, at worst. But, hey, we have resolutions that we're going to hold on to this year. So we're going to go ahead and share them. And these are just kind of our, hey, when we're playing EDH, we're going to try and be more conscious of this, or we're going to try and do this differently. You know, things that, you know, goals that we want to achieve in this ne- and work on in this next year. You know, even if we kind of, even if we ultimately fail at this goal, the fact that this is something that we're working towards is what's going to help us become better people, better players, just something like that. And to kind of give you an idea, I've got a couple of goals here. One that's more in the game and one that's more out of the game. The, my first goal is to know what I'm... My first resolution is to know what the fuck I'm doing on my turn and to do it swiftly. I, I do this thing where I, I'm watching everyone's board state, I'm thinking about what I want to do on my turn. And then it comes to my turn and I either haven't decided yet or I drew a card that completely throws my train of thought off. Where I go, okay, I'm gonna go, okay, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, it's, it's my buddy's turn. Okay, I need to do this. I need to do that. So, how are we gonna do this? Okay, let's go ahead and do this and this. Oh no, but what if that happens? Well then, let's go ahead and do this and that. But then, no, wait, I can't actually do the first thing. Urgh! Okay, I'm doing it. I'm gonna do the first thing. It's my turn. Untap, draw, and oh. Okay, uh, well, huh. What if I did this thing now? Well, okay, I, I could do that thing, but then, oh, then I can't do the first thing. And I keep going back and forth with myself all the damn time. It's even worse when I'm playing, like, a, a control deck or a combo deck. Like, this was happening recent uh, last week when I was playing my Draco Genius deck. Ha-ha! <laughs> been a while since you guys have heard the Draco Genius story. And it's it's just one of those things that, you know, it annoys me when other people do, do it because I'm like, come on. Uh, come on, come on, come on, Jimmy. What do you got for me? Come on, what you got? What you got? You know, like I give, I like to try and give people, you know, gentle nudges to into action. Because as a judge, I've learned to recognize when someone's just in really deep concentration and when they're intentionally trying to slow play. And usually, you just gotta give them like a little nudge, like, "Hey, I need you to do something for me," 
or anything like that, and they go, oh, sorry, and they'll get back to playing. When I do that, though, uh, it, it feels like it just eats so much time, especially when I just end up going, okay, pass turn, or I go, okay, do this and this, and wait, no, fuck, I fucking messed that up. I completely forgot that the whole point of me doing this was so that I could do that. I just completely glossed over it. So, yeah, that's my first new resolution. Uh, Mark, what's your first resolution? Uh, my first resolution doesn't actually have much to do with the game, but mine is to answer emails within 24 hours. Because <laughs> I had a bunch back up um, in the, the last end of the new year. So it's not like I get emailed all the time, but I feel like a real douche if I leave emails unanswered for a couple days or even a couple weeks in, in some instances. I just need to check my email, my Gmail more and then reply. So that's my first one. Gavin, what about you? If I had to say what my first New Year's resolution would be, it says that I'm intending on doing the best that I can this year to get Commander Cast a little bit more out there as far as our social media aspect is concerned. Because currently we're kicking the year off strong and we're going into Stitcher. But I would actually like to go ahead and set up a Commander Cast iTunes thing because, while granted, we are available on iTunes through the MTG Cast network. If you don't know how to get through us from there, you probably don't listen to us on iTunes. So if I set up an iTunes thing that's just specifically Commander Cast, then, you know, maybe we can actually get more followers and more listeners, get more five-star ratings, because people won't have to dig through more stuff just to find us. Maybe yeah. on a few more, like, audio-based, um, uh, what, what was that, Mark? Oh, I was going to say, man, I, uh, it, it gave me a nice warm fuzzy when I looked on my Stitcher app and I saw Commander Cast, so... That was really cool. Because I use Stitcher all the time. And then, like, I tried to show... I literally did the thing where, like, I showed it to yeah, my wife. Like, look, look, we're on Stitcher. I know I got to She wasn't really that impressed with anything, and she didn't know what the fuck Stitcher was anyway. Right. So. I mean, to be <laughs> fair, you told me that we got a show preview like, card. Yay. She was like, okay... Yeah, she didn't really understand the concept of preview cards, um, but she was, like, really... She did that thing where she was, like, really excited to me, like you would do to a five-year-old who just made you, like, a macaroni picture. Like, oh, for well, you, she, honey. that's Aww. really good. Oh, that's really nice. And, like, sometimes she'll make, like, at a point of trying to ask me, but she'll do that, like, thing, like, when your parents used to ask you about video games or something. It's like, oh, how's that card preview thing going? I'm like, oh, you don't really understand, but you're trying to be nice. That's sweet. So... Mm-hmm. I'll take it. I'll take it. She's putting her best foot forward. And that's she is. Nice. Like I, exactly. Like, I appreciate that, you know? Okay. So, I've got a second one here, and that's to be more involved with the Magic community and to help foster our community in general. You know, last year my resolution was to act, just be more active on social media. Like, I, I kind of had this thing where it's like, uh, I don't know, I don't want to... Tw- to get into Twitter and, like, tweet a whole bunch because that will just, like, annoy people and all that. But I kind of had to bring myself to the mindset that, okay, I'm posting stuff on Twitter because I have thoughts I want to share. And if people are following me, that means they actually want to hear what I have to say. Like, it's a really strange concept for me. Like, I do this show not because I'm hoping that people listen to what I say and will actually care. I'm doing it because I like making content, and I like having these discussions with you guys. The fact that people actually listen and at, want my opinion on things is a totally alien concept. More so a year ago when it was just like, ah, sorry, what am I just put my, put my thoughts out there, like, still? But no, I've actually been able to be, I've actually gotten a lot more comfortable with using Twitter. I use it a lot more regularly now, too. So my next step is to just 
get more involved. Like, look at those people that I'm following magic-wise and start actually commenting on some of their stuff. Because now I have to get over that that little hub was like, oh, well, if I respond with something, then it's probably just going to annoy them or whatever. No, I have to get past that and realize that, hey, if they're putting something out there, then maybe they actually want some sort of response. Or maybe it will create some sort of cool discussion. Mark, isn't this the same individual who a few episodes ago was talking about how he was doing this to make himself famous? Yes, this is exactly this is the same individual. What? As a matter of fact, like, what? I'm pretty sure I heard, I'm pretty sure I heard William make that statement like at least like three episodes ago. What? Will is tra- planning to be like you know the new the new it thing in 2016, um, and he's using the Commander Cast Network to get there. <laughs> Someone must have cast a void winner because I can't even right now. So who else has resolutions and more resolutions? Oh, I guess that's me. Huh. Uh, so my next resolution actually comes from all the games I've been playing with Eric, a.k.a. Grandpa Growth, uh, and that is to blow up all the lands. So Dust Bowl and Strip Mine, I'm buying more of you. I'm putting you in decks. Okay. Well, you do Waste- know that now... You actually have a few more options or a few more chances to hit those bad boys if you're feeling lucky in the next upcoming set. I do, yeah, but I'm not gonna get one of those fancy strip mines. I like I'm not it's just not gonna happen. So I, don't hey, I got hey, I got my land. That doesn't, true. I mean, mean, that doesn't mean you won't be able to get yours. You're right, that's, I mean that's true, I suppose. I'm, how about this? I won't hold my breath. I will be totally happy with like my old five dollar strip mines from fourth edition. I'm totally fine with that. Um, Dust Bowl. I actually do. I was surprised. I do not own a copy of Dust Bowl. I thought I did. I went back through my uh, old binders and I never got one. Um, but Eric, Eric and I have been playing on Moto an awful lot, and he's been fucking wrecking house with that card for a while. Um, he's not, like, I don't have either the money or the will to spend it on Wasteland, but if I did, I guess I would put that one in decks too, because uh, he's been kind of smashing me with that. But I, I really prefer the $5 strip mine, um, which is just objectively better than Wasteland to like 70, 80 ridiculous amounts of money, dollar Wasteland. But regardless, blow up lands. That's what I want to do more of. Like, how, how much is beating Grandpa Growth worth to you? Is the it's, it's not. <laughs> is it, is it, is it's it not worth dollars No, it's not. <laughs> it It's barely worth like $5. Like, it's not really. I, I can't. Like, it, I haven't checked how much Dust Bowl is on Moto, but if it's over like a ticket, I don't think I'm, I might not be able to. I might welch on this New Year's resolution. <laughs> <sighs> so, Calvin, did you have a, another resolution that you wanted to share? Hmm, let's see here. Well, I've already talked about trying to get more social media going out there. Oh, I know what the second New Year's resolution that I wanted to make for this particular moment would be. Uh, recently, I've gotten to the point where uh, in the community, people have been talking about how Boros decks are basically just the same deck. Aggro this, aggro that, play this, beat your face in, play that, beat your face in. And as I was talking with the gentleman on the show over the winter break, I kind of was board, and I decided, you know what, I, I, I'm going to do what I can this year to find as many alternate ways to play a Boros deck that's not actually involving just beating the hell out of you with tokens. Now, whether that mean that I have to go ahead and start building some type of Boros control deck, maybe a Boros combo deck, maybe I'll go ahead and find some type of graveyard build deck that actually works. Something. A whole bunch of different strategies that Boros isn't typically known for that I intend on looking, but I will find them this year, and I will bring them to you. 
Here on the shadow, as I locate them. Alright, so we've all got our goals. And, honestly, the only other goal... And we're all going to forge on those goals by the end of the month. <laughs> You're going to see, like, the beginnings of them, and none of them are coming through, because their resolutions and New Year's resolutions never happen. Ever. Hey! The only hey. New Year's resolution you can make that actually can happen is the resolution not to make a New Year's resolution, which in itself is a broken resolution because you just made it. And on that note, we're going to go ahead and move on. So, if you have a New Year's resolution, go ahead and let us know in our comment section. Tweet us at CommandCast or hit us up on that subreddit. Next up, we're going to go into strategy. And so, we're going to actually going to talk about that Burroughs thing that Cavill was just talking about. So, stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back. So, Calvin, do you have a, a good idea of what your list looks like right now? Because it sounds like you're away from your computer. Calvin? Calvin? Oh, Calvin's having connection issues. Mark, you still there? Yeah. All right, then. strategy segment today, I decided that since Calvin spent his winter break coming up with his deck list, it'd be really cool to go ahead and just look at it. I mean, it's a new year, new, he has that new resolutions, and I completely forgot that we could have used this week to talk to the Fable Forge look back review. So, yeah, let's go ahead and take a look at this. So, he has the deck built around Calamity because, well, when you have a reanimation deck, the idea is that you want to get the really big stuff out for a really cheap cost. So if you happen to have to hardcast anything, then they make Calamity bigger. Which, I like. I don't know what what other red-white commander you would use for something like that. Can you, Mark? I mean, in Boros, it would. I guess it would have to be some kind of generic Boros build, right? Like, I mean, I, I guess if I was going to do it, it would probably be like a good stuff, uh, like... Oh, god damn, why did I forget all the cards? Who is the red-white angel that doubles your damage and, and decreases half the damage you take? That bitch is Yes, Gisela. All right, so I, I mean, like Gisela is the only other one I would think of. I mean, probably I guess because it came in the Calamity deck. <laughs> like, like what else would you put at the at the helm of this? You know what I mean? Like Calamity's as good as anybody else. Uh, let's see, other commanders that would be good at the helm. Uh, Argus Cost. Argus Cost would be good at the helm because a lot of the Phoenixes are only two power. So when they swing, Argus would see them as red creatures and give them a little bit of a power bump. There you go. Yep. So, uh, Gisela, she would be good at the helm because she could double the damage and prevent the Phoenixes from dying so easily. Uh, let's see who else is a Boros commander that would be good at the helm of this. Uh, what's his name? Tajik. Tajik would be okay here because since he's indestructible and he needs a party of three to be able to actually go to the club, the Phoenixes would continuously die, but bringing them back would be much easier, which means he can always be guaranteed to have a party of three. Let's see. Actually, I had an idea where you could actually fill it with all the bad Boros commanders, and then so it really would just be the Boros commander graveyard. I mean, uh, sure. I, I guess you, you you could put actually, like didn't we a Sandra. We just had that discussion the other week. What? I mean, there aren't really that like what all the bad Boros commanders. Like what the three of them? You're right. Basan- like what was it? Basandra, Munda, and like one other. Oh, Razia. Like Razia. 
Yeah, Rousey's pretty bad. Oh, wait. Hey, what about uh, Stouty No Doughty? Brian Stoutarm. That sounds actually good, though. Yeah, yeah but, Brian I mean, you Stoutarm can put him yeah, in. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah Brian Stoutarm would be yeah. really good for that, because then you just throw stuff, and then you reanimate it. Yeah. See? That wouldn't be bad. Tell you almost did it. I could easily see that the vast majority of the Boris commanders would all enjoy being at the helm of this deck. Ooh, Stouty No Doughty as a graveyard deck. Ooh. That might get my brewing, uh, my brewing gears are moving. I mean, don't get me wrong. I put Kalimni at the helm of the deck because I thought that, because uh, what initially kicked it off was I was building the graveyard deck and I was like, all right, well, let me see what I can make with it. And I just decided, like, you know, all right, we have all the white reanimator stuff we discussed before. What else could I possibly put in this deck to reanimate? Just so going through some red stuff and I realized, you know what? Phoenix has come back anyway. All I got to do is just, you know, have the extra mana for them, and boom, they're back. Granted, I might have to cast them from my hand again, but oh well. Then I noticed that half the Phoenixes were five and up, and then that at that point I was like, hmm. Well, since I have to cast them from my hand anyway most of the time, might as well put Kalimni here, get myself some experience counters. Yeah, that's pretty sweet, man. Also, you threw in Flare, Flare of the Hatebound, which I just love. So <laughs> that's pretty good, too, in a graveyard deck. <laughs> like I have, I have always wanted to put Flayer of the Hatebound in a graveyard deck, um, and for whatever reason, like I tried to put him in my, um, oh, oh god, my Felden deck, which is a mono red reanimator, but it's not, it's like a pseudo reanimator, so Flayer of the Hatebound actually does nothing. So, and I was really, I was really disappointed. So Flayer of the Hatebound is a devil creature, devil. Uh, he's a six mana, he's five colorless and one red. He has Undying, which is also very good for a graveyard deck. Um, when Flare of the Hatebound or another creature enters the battlefield from your graveyard, that creature deals damage equal to its power to target creature or player. Now, granted, you're probably not going to get a whole lot of mileage out of the Phoenixes with this dude, uh, but everybody else in this deck that you are reanimating, yeah, that's pretty good. Let's see here. What are the cards do I cannot remember off the top of my head that I put in there outside of just Phoenixes? I mean, you got, got my other blast. favorite devil in this deck. <laughs> so let's see here. There's that devil. There's all the white reanimator spells that I could remember from before. I put Crucible of World in there because I figured it'd be okay if I happened to need to sack a few lands. Because I was thinking of, because remember as I was tuning, because initially I've just been kind of like picking and choosing as what I needed from the deck. I haven't actually gotten a chance to play with it. So listeners don't. Take this as, like, you know, Captain Red Zone's approved red-white reanimator graveyard deck. I haven't touched it yet. I'm still in the process of tweaking and tuning around. I haven't got game one in with it. But still, let's see here. What else can I remember from the damn deck? Hmm. I have a horrible memory. Well, hey, man, you got anger. I know Sun Titan's not in there because I haven't gotten a chance to put him in there. No, Sun Titan's totally in there, man. Oh, he's on your deck list anyway. He's in there. Yeah. He is? Yeah, he's in there. I'm looking at him right now. Wait, which one? Sun Titan. Sun Titan is awesome. Yeah, Sun Titan is amazing. <laughs> Go play more Sun Titan. What? I had to... I'm trying to, remember, I'm trying to figure out what what cards do I have in the damn deck that's under three. I was playing too many Sun Titans. That's why I had to actually cut him and sell all my Sun Titans, because I was playing way too many Sun Titans. Yeah, I have that problem, too. I tend to put Sun Titan in any deck that that runs white. And then I have to kind of take him out. Like, shout out to my friend Chris, who is slowly rebuilding his EDH collection after selling his collection, most of his collection to help pay for, like, new baby furniture. 
but he came up, he was, go, he decided that he was just gonna go, like, super EDH, where he only had one of each card in his collection to build out of decks, with the exception of, like, lands, because you gotta have lands. But he decided, oh, yeah. I kinda have these cards that I just really like playing, so I'm gonna have, like, up to ten cards that I can just have as many copies as I want. And so that's one, and we're like, yeah, we, we can't quit Sun Titan, like, the value is too strong. You can't, man, it's just too good. Well, hey, how about this? Since um, you know, since Calvin doesn't have the deck list right in front of him, why don't why don't me and Will talk about cards in the deck list we really like, and then Calvin kind of chime in on it and then right. say like why he put it in there. That's, that's so two. I have the perfect card I want to start with because this is one of those cards where I look at it and I go, "There's no way that was an actual card," and then I look at it and I'm like, "Holy shit, that's an actual card." So my so the card I want to point out is Argivian End. For one white mana, it's an instant return target artifact or enchantment card from your graveyard to your hands. Yep. How have uh, I not just? How have because, I not done that? Because you're an idiot. What? Because you're an idiot. What? The main reason why I went with it was because one, I needed a way to make sure I could recur the sword if I lost it. I also put it in there to be able to recur what is it? Um, the crucible. But there's also another inch, couple of enchantments in there that have the ability to bring stuff back from the graveyard, but those enchantments end up getting sacrificed and go away, and one of them is four mana. I can't remember which one it was, and I know Sun Titan couldn't get it, so I needed something else to go get it for me. Uh, Can oh, you Sigil, help me figure out which enchantment? Sigil, the New Dawn, and Marshall's Anthem are both sweet and are both four mana enchantments. So. Oh, my God, yep. they are. So I, so I needed something to be able to grab a hold of them so I could use them for graveyard resurrections again after they've been destroyed. So basically it's like I have an uh, extra copy of that card in case it happened to get popped off the field. But like, I need Can to... you read off what the Sigil does for me, Mark? Sure. Sigil of the New Dawn is actually one of my favorite little cards. Uh, my favorite little pieces of uh, sweet little underplayed tech. Sigil of the New Dawn is enchantments, three colorless and a white. Whenever a creature is put into your graveyard from play, you may pay one colorless and a white. If you do, return that card to your hand. Pretty sweet. Oh, dude, this, this is the exact reason why I want to do the From Alpha video series. Like, there are just so many sweet cards that get overlooked because they're older. Yeah, man. Sweet Onslaught tech. Oh, my God, this is so sweet. All right, let's see. Let's, let's see. Now, the, the thing about the Sigil of Dawn that I kind of enjoyed is the fact that it has the May on it. So... Just because a creature died doesn't mean I have to get it. So if a token happens to hit the field and gets blown up, I don't have to. It's not like, oh, yeah, that token's here. It's the only creature you've got. You've got to get rid of that sigil. Like, no, it's a May trigger. I have the choice. I don't have to do that. But if something happens to, like, I don't know, Sun Titan, I can be like, oh, no, Sun Titan's gone. Cool. Bring him back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So here's a question. Why do you have Firemane Angel? Firemane Angel is the three red, white, white. 4-3 Angel with flying and first strike. At the beginning of your upkeep, if Firemane Angel is in your graveyard or on the battlefield, you may gain one life. Pay 6 red, red, white, white. Return Firemane Angel from your graveyard to the battlefield. Activate this ability only during your upkeep. Uh, Firemane Angel is in there because there, I believe I did put in the discard rummaging ram- uh, effect creatures. Like a rummaging yeah, goblin and, and a couple of his brother. And Mad Prophet. So I needed. Yeah. Yeah, so I needed stuff that I would be willing to throw away in order to get some type of profit for it. But also something that if it was in the graveyard, I'd have no problem bringing it back with a resurrection effect that was cheaper than what its actual cost was. So while granted, Fireman Angel will be sitting in my graveyard most of the time, 
gaining me like the one life here and there, I can still be able to bring it back. And then once it's back, I can try to resurrect it again or reuse it. And if the game does ever go so damn long that I need all that damn mana to be able to just bring her right back, I could just say, fucking and just go ahead and pay the cost and get her. For the low, low cost of 10 mana, you too can get a 4-3 flying first striker. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm ever going to get to the point where I would pay the 10 mana for it. I'm probably going to be paying like 2 or 3. But under the random circumstances, like, you know what? The games are the stalemate. No one's doing anything. And I've got a couple of things down on the field. You know what? I'll just say, fuck it. I'll take this turn off. I'll pay 10 and get this angel. Yeah. There's, there's, there are worse things you could do late game, I suppose. So. I've never been a huge fan of Fireman Angel, but I think the art is really sweet, and I've kind of always wanted to play it. You'd be surprised. Like, it's, it's, it's nice to have her in your opening hand, and you have all that stuff, because you can just be like, you know what, fuck it. I just discard this, and then from now on, I've kind of got this little bit of life gain in my Boros deck. And then when people go to the graveyard, hate it out because it's gaining me one life, that just becomes one less removal spell for the other stuff in my graveyard that I will be doing later. Yeah, getting one life a turn is, uh, isn't bad. Ooh, like maybe like a burn life gain Boros deck? I cannot be the first person to think of that. Okay, so what's the next card that you gentlemen see in the deck that is of interest that I can explain why I put in? Let's see. I need to jump on this sucker because Seize the Day is in here and I fucking love Seize the Day. So. Calvin, you remember what this thing does. Come on, man. Some sweet Uh, Odyssey tech. Seize the Day. I've okay. got the wrong card. I'm thinking of the other one where I divide my graveyard in half. No, oh no, that one's kind of wonky and weird, but Season Day is yeah. three colorless and a, and a red. It's a sorcery. You untap target creature after this phase. There's an additional combat phase followed by an additional main phase, and it has flashback for two and a red. Okay, Season Day is a holdover from when I initially put the deck together. Because out of, because when I was going through cards that involved the graveyard, I got a bunch of the phoenixes. I got all the resurrection white spells that we discussed that's in there. And there was a whole bunch of stuff in there that had retrace or flashback or undying or something like that. And that's one of the cards that was held over from the flashback section of it. Because I was like, hey, if I'm doing this and I've got all these phoenixes, they're all kind of small. And I like the idea of having extra combat phases, even if it isn't supposed to be as aggressive as, like, uh, Boros Weenie or Boros Token deck. Still, it's nice to have the option to be like, nope, uh, Calamity already has three experience counters. She's a 6-6. I'm going to kill somebody now. Cool. Hey, folks, this and, this probably, And in this the like- same vein, there's another card in there, uh... What is it? The red-white Boros card that has rechoice where I could discard a land to basically get the same effect. Oh, Waves of Aggression. Yep. That and Seize the Day are kind of like going to be sitting in a graveyard next to each other doing what the other one isn't doing in case Seize goes away. That's a sweet little interaction. That's all right. But, I mean, there's a sweet little interaction with, like, Waves of Aggression and, like, Eternal Dragon, for instance. Like, you know, you can just kind of keep bringing those suckers back. Hey, as long as we're on this this topic, when we go through a couple of cards that we really dig in Calvin's deck, do you want to do like maybe some suggestions, and then that's a nice way to like wrap up the segment? I'm having a hard time think, trying to think of what I would add in here because I think he already t- took my suggestion to add in some phoenixes. But the phoenixes was in it before you even suggested it, Will. <laughs> like even then, like oh, I think I said Giant Ballad might be a good discard outlet. There you go. 
right. Because William, initially, when I sent this to him, he made a suggestion of discarding stuff for rummagers and things. And the mm-hmm. rummager package that I have in there made it in because of William's suggestion. Because I realized, you know what, it's card draw for me because everything I discard is going to the graveyard. And I have all intents and purposes of bringing whatever I discard back one way or another. So I might as well. Yep. If I was going to make card a draw or card filtering, I don't know. Uh, uh, you decide. It's one, I mean, one or the other. Hey, man, it's Boros. You take what you can get, you know? All right. So, guys, if you want to see the full deck list and give your thoughts and opinions of it, go ahead. We have the link to Calvin's deck in the show notes. For now, though, we're going to keep this going because some of us have a bedtime. So next up, we're going to go into technology, and we're going to talk about some regeneration. So time to make like a doctor and get on to the next segment. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. What? Yeah. So, so uh, am I, you know, am I the only one lost by that suggestion? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that was that's, a segue that, that went did nowhere. Not work for me. <laughs> no, no, sir. Uh, but come on, like if anyone's listening to this for the first time from Stitcher, like this is a good introduction to Will. I think we should just call this like the introduction to Will show. <laughs> Commander Cast episode two thirty one. Meet the William. <laughs> yep, I'm changing the title of the show notes right now. <laughs> And it has to be spelled (laughs) M-E-A-T. What? (laughs) So when we were coming up with topics for this episode... I hit the guys up for what they wanted to do for technology. And Mark said he had regeneration on the brain. And Mark, could you tell the kids why? So I've been playing an awful lot of Golgari Charm lately um, because I've been rocking that Marin deck uh, a little bit on the side here and there. And it's fun to bring things back. And sometimes it's fun to not have things hit the graveyard, bizarrely enough. Um, so the, the mode that I've been using the most out of Golgari Charm lately has been the Regenerate Clause. Uh, and it's been really kind of useful for me. So, and I thought, wow, here's an old school mechanic that doesn't get a lot of love. And also, it kind of segues nicely with the first show of the new year. So, that was really all I had. <laughs> now, the one thing I would have to say, the reason why I think Regenerate is probably working better for you currently, Mark, is because, one, it's an old mechanic. Two, Wizards of the Coast has currently stopped printing cards that say, like, Deal damage to this creature. It can't regenerate. Or wrap the board, destroy all creatures. Those creatures cannot be regenerated. And preventing the regenerate from actually, like, not being usable. And, you know, we've gotten Day of Judgments and a whole bunch of other wrap effects that blow up the board, but they don't care about the regenerate clause. And newer players are picking up those cards, forgetting about Wrath of God and its brethren that destroys things that regenerate. And since they're playing those newer versions of the cards, it makes it easier for you just to slip a regeneration deck into your meta without having to worry about anything ever really taking it out, outside of the one wayward Wrath of God that's still floating around the group. Yeah, I agree. That, uh, I mean, Watsi's policy of not hosing regeneration does help. Yeah. yeah, back in the day, man, like, regenerate was actually, it was like dicey. Because everything, like, everything killed you and made it so you didn't regenerate. Nowadays, it, was all, though, it was all over the fucking place. Yeah. 
So nowadays it's like, ah, eh, who plays regenerate? So. I mean, like I did a dra- I did a flashback draft of Mo where I got a Gaia's child. Or was it like child of Gaia? One of the things, like the eight eight for six. That thing is actually just stupid. Yeah, that really, that sucker really is. Yeah. All right, so I've got a card I want to go ahead and share, and it's the Zombie Master. Yeah. Yeah. One of those cards I really need to pick up for my Gissa deck. So Zombie Master is one of those original tri- tribal lore type guys. He doesn't really give a power bonus, which, which kind of sucks. But he does say other zombie creatures have swap walk, and other zombies have pay a black, regenerate this permanent. It does get into that awkward situation where your friend is playing zombie tribal and my Nekazar is a zombie, so if I want the same Nekazar, I just leave up black mana and they go, okay, kill your Nekazar. Pay black, regenerate. Wait, what? Because he does give all the zombies regeneration. But being able to save your shit for just one black is actually really sweet. Especially if you're playing a more control style deck. Yep. Take note, people. There's not actually much good shit that came out of Revised, but Zombie Master is still playable. So, Actually, I guess it technically came out of Unlimited, but whatever. My copy is He's Revised. also a zombie lord, though, too, right? Yeah, he's totally he, a zombie lord. Yeah, he's a zombie himself. Right. Yeah, so like Zombie Master, well, he wasn't a zombie before, he was a lord, but yeah. now he's a zombie. So, But the good thing for him is, is that because he's a zombie lord, when you play him in a zombie-based deck, not only do you get the field pump, but you have the option for regeneration. So people might not even see it coming because they're too busy thinking he's one of the other ones that takes something from your graveyard or does something else. Yeah, or might give some kind of weird power boost, right? All right, so, Calvin, did you have a card about regeneration you wanted to talk about? Uh, there was a Scar Stripe. He costs one black, one green. He's a 2-2 creature. He's legendary. So he has an ability on him that basically turns your graveyard into a bunch of scavenge. Uh, scavenge creatures, and for any listeners that don't know what scavenge is, basically, creatures in your graveyard, you can pay their converted mana cost and exile them and put that many plus one, plus one counters onto a creature, equal to I believe their power. Yep. Correct. And he also has an ability that allows him to regenerate. So you you sacrifice to the creature, and you can regenerate them. The one good thing about him is is that because he's a low-cost guy and he's a legendary creature, you can always put him into your command zone. For those times when regenerate just isn't enough. And then on top of that, you can always just go right ahead, use them as a sack outlet, kill off a few creatures. If you happen to have a grave pad out, you can go ahead and do that. Get a few things going on, making your opponents blow up there and sacrifice their own creatures. Pretty good. All right, then. Mark, what's your second card? Uh, my second card is a card William that has I no always... comment. And Mark has no comment on this card. Well, on Veryl's? I mean, I... Oh, Veryl's is the nuts. Like, I love Veryl's. I don't know. If you get, you get Veryl's and, um, I don't know, like, Phyrexian Dreadnought going, like, that's a stew, buddy. So. I mean, I don't really see Veryl's a whole lot. Like, I would like to see him with kind of like an abs, with kind of a, um, uh, like a black green counters theme. Like, maybe get some of those abs and sliver guys in there, the Outlast ones. I used to have a Veryl's deck. I mean, I kind of still do, but, like, I never, I never played it except online, and I like it, but it was kind of, uh, it was a little too linear for me. Like, Veryl's does one thing. He does it really well, um, and then trying not to be the guy who just puts Infect on him is, is hard. It's really hard. So, Mark, what's your next card? My next card is a land that I always find I want more of. Um, I think it's actually the only land with a Regenerate Claws on it, too. It's Yavimaya Hollow. Yavimaya Hollow is a legendary land. Um, out of one of the Urza's blocks. 
So, but this one's only like kind of broken. Uh, you can tap it to add one colorless mana to your mana pool, or you can pay green and tap it to regenerate target creature. Which is kind of sweet, because it's just a little effect that uh, kind of comes out of nowhere. So I, I find those are the best, kind of like we, we said with Zombie Master, like the fly under the radar regenerate clauses, just to ruin someone's day who's not really paying attention, are the best kind of regenerate clauses. Yeah. See that. Like, it seems as though, like, a large portion of our regenerate things are in green and black. Yeah. I mean, there's some white in here, too. Oh, uh, let's see. Let me go ahead and bring up the different one, then, so that we can break out of that for a color. Oh, I, I know what I want for the next one. I want it to be um the last troll. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, kind of break it out of black and green. My next regenerate card is a really sweet piece of tech. It's the spiny starfish. Yeah. For two Ooh. and a, for two and a blue, you get a zero one starfish. Pay blue. Regenerate spiny starfish. But wait, there's more. At the beginning of each end step, if spiny starfish regenerate this turn, put a zero one blue starfish creature token onto the battlefield for each time it regenerates this turn. So actually, this year, I, I think there's actually a little something you could do with that. It was Was that it? No, no, no. Wasn't there like a rat thing that you had that you used to destroy your own creatures? With spiny starfish? Like, yeah, like you could. I think it was like pay zero, destroy, target land or creature or enchantment you control. Like you could use it with your spiny starfish and then pay blue to regenerate it each time and just make an ass load of spiny of starfish tokens. Ah, I, I need to know what the, what the rat does now. I need to know what the rat's called. Ah, let's see, what was it? It was... Okay, it was rats of wrath and it cost a black. Destroy target artifact creature or land you control. Oh, yeah. So hmm. for so for blue black you could try and destroy and then regenerate your starfish and get a zero one token. So if you have like a bunch of mana in your blue black Phoenix control deck, you can make a bunch of starfish tokens that will mill a card for each token. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, that actually is a point that we didn't get a chance to bring up about regenerate because it is reusable per turn. For every time that a creature would be destroyed, you can typically regenerate some regenerate the creature. To, if, if you have a creature that has regenerate on it, unless that ability involves them tapping or something, and most of it doesn't involve them tapping, it's usually like sacrifice a creature or pay some mana or something like that nature to regenerate. So yeah, if you happen to have regenerate creatures and they would be destroyed multiple times, you can just, nope, just do this, nope, just do this, nope, just do this. So you can technically wrap the board, regenerate your creature, and if someone were to try to doomblade it, you could just, nope, regenerate it. It doesn't have one exile, though. Spiny star species. All right, Calvin, yeah. so what's your next card? Uh, okay, Mark, can you read off the troll for me? Next card is Thrun, the last troll. God, this dude used to be a real dick. I mean, actually, he kind of is still a real dick, but less so now. Uh, Thrun, the last troll, is a four mana, legendary four four. Uh, he's two colorless and two green. Thrun, the last troll, can't be countered. Uh, he can't be the target Yay. of spells or abilities your opponents control. And the last ability, That's which true. everyone forgets about, is uh, one and a green to regenerate Thrun. He's a troll, Sean. Yeah, so he shows. Yeah, yeah, so he's a troll. Yeah, you know that meme of the little white face troll with the big old grin on its face? You can easily just like put that and put it on him, because now anytime someone tries to counter him, nope, Thrun trolled you. Someone tries to target him, nope, hexproof trolled you. 
Oh, you try to blow him up? Nope. Gonna blow up. He's gonna regenerate. Trolls do. He's sweet. And, you know, since he's the last troll, it kind of makes sense. It has to go on with the whole pissing you off concept. Well, not you, because you're the one who's playing him. Pissing off your opponents. Is it pissing off or pissing on? Oh, those are two different yeah, things. Those are definitely two different to be things. pissed off and pissed on. Very, very true. Yeah. Hmm. All right, then. So, okay. let's see. We've got one more card each? Yep. All right. Go ahead, Mark. All right. My next one is a, a weird, weird-ass card out of Weatherlight. Um, which I've, I've put in my 99 multiple times and it's never actually come up for me. But god damn it, I'm putting this in there because I want to play this in the new year. It's called Debt of Loyalty. Debt of Loyalty is a three mana instant. It's one colorless and two white. Regenerate target creature. You gain control of that creature if it regenerates this way. So, this is obviously most useful for not regenerating your own stuff. But in a multiplayer context, I will God damn it, I will shoot the moon one day, and someone will blow up someone else's commander or someone something else, and I will play Dead of Loyalty, and I will regenerate that dude, and I will gain control of it in a white. That has not happened, by the way, but it might. Actually, that does actually sound like a pretty sweet piece of tech, because it's an, it's rare to see a theft ability in white. Yeah, that's not like Preacher, <laughs> you know? Because so. typically that, that concept goes to blue... And then it goes to red if it's temporary theft, but white doesn't get that because white isn't thievery. But I like the idea of the creature. It's not thieving. I'm not stealing your creature. I just saved his life, and now he's just you know wants to pay his debt to me, and yeah. you know he wants this to die like, for me now. Yeah, it's like Wookie life debt. The card. I I want that card. I need it now. Don't you know? Don't like I've and the, the most annoying thing ever is I put this in a couple of decks in the '99. It's never come up for me. Like years, I have never, I have never seen this card. Wow. Okay then. Well, let's go ahead and go to my next card, the Crit Sliver. So those slivers, you know, if you just pinpoint the right one, you know, the right load bearing sliver, you can try and pull that whole mess apart. Or better yet, go ahead and just kill them all. Like one, one clean board wipe. That will take care of the whole problem. What's that? I have the Indestructible Sliver out? Well, that's not a problem. You just exile that one, and now the rest of the swarm is completely exposed. Or so you would like the thing. What if I could give all of my untapped slivers the ability to cover for their tapped brethren? It just kind of saved their whole clan. The Crypt Sliver, for a 1-1 white-black, says all slivers have tap regenerate target sliver. Now, obviously, this doesn't work quite work with, like, the Crystalline Sliver, because Crystalline Sliver gives him Shroud, and that's not quite synergistic. But it does give you some coverage things. Like, I like playing this with the, uh, the Cold Sliver, the one that deals, that can tap to deal damage to target attacking or blocking creature. So, if you have untapped Slivers that are, you know, kind of keeping up the Fortress, then they also double as Medic Slivers to save the ones that are about to go down. Hmm. I like that. All right, and then Calvin's going to close us out with. All right, Calvin. For this one, I actually I actually thought of you immediately when I saw this card because I, it's it's also rare that I find a piece of Fallen Empire's tech that doesn't suck ass. So, Goblin Kyrugan. Goblin Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Goblin Kyrugan. Yeah. It's the one red Goblin Shaman zero two. Mm-hmm. Sacrifice a Goblin, regenerate target creature. Boom. 
And it's red, and I play it in my goblin's deck because, guess what? It's a goblin's deck, and there's goblin tokens all over the place. And goblins have no problem, because it's send goblin tokens to regenerate actual goblin cards, because more goblin tokens would inevitably show up and fall off the cliff, saving other goblins. Goblins would take a bullet, whether they want to or not, for other goblins. Actually, doesn't it have to be goblins for other goblins? Goblins would take a meteor for other <laughs> goblins. In fact, goblins would just take a meteor, period. That's true. They're like, ooh, yeah. rock, shiny. It's like, you know, it's like in a goblin's mind, a meteor would be falling from the sky, and they would think they could just catch it. That's true. Yeah. And they it's would from catch it all empires, right. Man. Yeah. It's from fallen empires. You know how rare it is to find a card from fallen empires that doesn't suck balls? <laughs> you know how rare it is to find a red card that actually has regenerate on it? Yeah, yeah I know. The other, one I, yeah, the other one I found was uh, Uthdin Troll. Like you got to go back to like Alpha for that shit, because all he. What about uh, uh what about uh, Orcish Healer, double oh. red tap target creature can't be regenerated, or double black red tap regenerate target black or green creature. Man, I or almost red, put green, in green tap regenerate target black or green creature. I almost put in um Furnace Brood. Just it's just a some stupid little elemental, but you pay red and target creature cannot be regenerated this turn. If it, if more people actually played Regenerate, I would probably do that. But, hey, to, clo- to close out this segment, I have a question for the group, because I cannot decide if this card is good or garbage. So, Renit okay. is an... Oh, what did you just call me? <laughs> oh, man. This is de- like, now we're not even getting like a two-star review. <laughs> no, no, Renit, go ahead. I've seen this card before. Okay. Renit, uh, it's a one colorless and like a hybrid green or white. It's an instant regenerate target permanent. Tell me, ladies and gentlemen, I can't tell if this is trash or good. Hmm. Well, it does say regenerate target permanent. And that's what, that's the thing, right? Like I normally wouldn't waste a card on this stuff, but. I've actually played stuff like face shield to act like a pseudo counterspell for, you know, stuff like a burnt decay. Mm-hmm. And I've actually surprised quite a few people with plays like that. So now, now here's a question for you, William, as the judge. Yes. Right. Yeah. No, because you're because I'm not a judge. Mark, are you a judge? I'm not. I'm not a judge. No. So William's I, a judge. He uh he's a level one judge for any of the listeners out there. So here's a question for you, William. Renege, right? It regenerates. In target permanent gains regeneration. Correct. No. Did you just call it renege? Yes, he did. Okay. Not, that makes more sense. Is that what you called it? No, no it's, it's re-knit. re-knit. Like, you know, you're knitting something again? No, re-knit. Yeah, not re-knit. I thought it was done. See? No. Like, what's up, I mean, Marvin Nig? Now, now, now the joke makes more sense to me. Oh, dear God. But I didn't, because I, I didn't get it the first time. I'm like, is Calvin in, insinuating something about his knitting ability? Like, I don't know. Like, I didn't make any. I don't, no, I don't get no, it. Not, I, no. I, thought you, I thought you said re-knit. Nope. My bad. It <laughs> It actually just says regenerate target permanent. Yeah, so it says regenerate target permanent, right? Yes. So for reading it, reading it says regenerate target permanent. So it's obvious, like, you know, like if I had a land and someone said play the spell, destroy target land, I could save it, right? Yes. Someone blows, throws a, a doom blade at the creature, uh, reading it, save the creature. Yes. Now what happens if a creature attacks a planeswalker and I read it to planeswalker? Well, 
Regenerate a Planeswalker will prevent it from being destroyed as a result of a destroy effect, like one from Reaper King. However, it won't prevent that Planeswalker from being put into its owner's graveyard when its loyalty becomes zero, because that's a state-based action. Man, I'm really glad we have judges on this cast. So regenerate, you know, it still does involve damage being dealt. So creatures can still have damage dealt to them when they're regenerated. They just don't get destroyed. But for a planeswalker, that damage being dealt actually causes the loyalty counters to still come off of it. Therefore, even though the planeswalker is regenerated and technically should still be alive, it'll look back and be like, but I have no more loyalty to you. I'm out. And actually... Actually, Judge, I don't even think you need to look this up. This is probably, but this is, I think, a common question you probably get with regenerate. Regenerate doesn't do shit if you sacrifice it, correct? Correct. Just for the new listeners out there, so you can sacrifice all day long. It doesn't matter how many little loyalty bubbles you put on your stuff, it's still going to the graveyard. So to be fair, I have had to save a Johnny for being beast with him before. So did you really? do it with Reignit? Almost. I've had to use similar effects like face shield. <laughs> But Renit would have had the same effect. Alright then. So, that about does it for our show. Relatively short one to help us get back into the swing of things. Then Mark has to head to bed soon. Yeah. But hey, next week we'll have Clay back, we'll have our favorite Forge look back review, and maybe talk about some of the new stuff that's coming out. So for now, let's go ahead and head to the outro and we can hand you that content It's actually kind of weird. It's 9.30 and we're basically done with the show. Yeah. It's good, man. It's nice. It's tight. That's what she said. I'm really impressed, Jaeger. You're all tight and loose at the same time. So, this is Ben Combatercast, episode 231. I'll go ahead and thank both my co-hosts for coming back out of their winter dance. Calvin, thanks for joining us tonight. It's it's nice to no longer be in hibernation. Yeah, that radio silence, it gets to you. Yeah, you'd be surprised. I, I was actually, like, upset. I was, like, sitting here, like, you know what? I might actually just say to hell with it this week and record a show my damn self. But then, like, the nature <laughs> of hibernation hit in, and I was like, you know what? Instead, I'm just going to sleep. <laughs> See, that's one of the few th- but benefits of having ADD. You don't, end, you don't end up missing things as much as you would normally do because you have so much to distract you in the meantime. Mark, thanks for coming out tonight. Anytime, gentlemen. Alright, so at this point we're going to start handing out contact information. Mark, if people want to reach you, how can they do that? My contact information is always the same. It's the bottom of the show notes. It's just my last name and my initials, Mahler, M-A. So that's M-A-H-L-E-R-M-A at gmail.com. And I really like, not like actual um, New Year's resolutions. I really do intend to keep my trying to get back to everybody within 24 hours thing. I really do. Yeah. Well... Actually, well, if you need help editing, I'll, uh, I actually have the time to help do the editing thing. In fact, I actually have a friend that I'm doing some editing for for his own blog, so, yeah. Cool. Are you going to get back to writing, man? I thought uh, that was one of the things you are going to do. Yeah, like, I actually have an idea for what I want to do, but I need to flesh it out a little more. It's, it's going to be more along the lines of the old flavor column I used to do, only it's going to be more pure flavor, kind of. that makes sense? I think so. Like I, I like I like I need to come up with the gist of how I actually go, of what's actually going to be about, but that's neither here nor there. So, okay. Ca- so Calvin. So, so, so for editing, wait, what's Mark editing again outside of the written content? 
No, just is that what you guys are discussing, or no? We're talking about how you know I can actually help edit stuff now that I have the free time to consider committing as a part-time job. Ah, got you. So, Calvin, if people want to reach you, how can they do that? Uh, well, if people are having difficulties like getting emails answered from Mark, you can always shoot them over to me because I have no problem answering emails. I have a tendency to do it constantly. I am at Captain Red Zone on Twitter, or you can hit me up with an email in Gmail at CaptainRedZone at gmail.com. You can also go over to the CommanderCast Facebook page. I'm usually over there with me and William and Waffle Cones over here, making sure that people aren't doing naughty stuff on our Facebook page and potentially putting up things when none of us are in hibernation. Let's see here. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Other ways to get a hold of CommanderCast would be, you know, well, go over to Stitcher. Uh, I'm getting to that. We go over to Stitcher, just click in Commander Cast into the search box, and boom, there it is. You might not see a logo at the moment because I haven't figured out how to put one on there yet. But it'll be there soon, ladies and gentlemen, and you'll be able to see us. And it's not just us. It's remainder, It's all the shows on Commander Cast Prime. Deck Builder Spotlight is on there. There's the stack. There's Rivals Duel as well. And us. And any other random part uh, podcast that we happen to put on our site will also be automatically generated to our, our Stitcher page. All right, if you want to get in touch with me personally, I am W-I-E Hernandez at gmail.com. You can also follow me on the Twitters. I am at BlueRam1409. I'm actually doing this thing where I'm going to try and pick a new banner and avatar picture to use each month. This time I've actually got the Saika Kyoko special feelings of in the snow picture. It's really cute. If you want to follow the Commander cast, Calvin just hit up the majority of those. But you know what? You can also leave us a review on iTunes. We'll read off any of the five-star reviews on air. But, hey, if you like what we do here and you don't just want to leave us a review, consider supporting us on Patreon. Some of you are donating already, and I, I still can't get over the fact that some of you think we're worth $10 a month, which is amazing. Thank you so much. But, hey, if you don't want to donate that much, you can always just leave us a tip. Yeah, give us the tip, and just a tip. But if a little extra happens to slip in, we won't complain, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> A big, thing, a big thanks to everyone here at, Command, at the Commander Cast Network. It's been a fantastic 2015. I'm lo- really looking forward to 2016 with all these amazing life changes. Music for our show is the X Meets Heavy Metal series by 331 E-Rock. We'll see you next week with more community, strategy, and technology. Until then, let's get it! That's the buzzer. Okay. okay. So, uh, Will, yes. t- like, uh, Mark, over on Twitter, because you don't follow us on Twitter, because you don't do the I Twitter don't. thing. I don't. Uh, one of the listeners actually made a suggestion that the $5 uh, Patreon tier, what was it he said it should be? I accidentally slipped some in. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
$5 is uh, slipped it in, and I made the suggestion that the $2 should be um, a little bit extra. Oh, God. I am oh. making the appropriate changes now, or the inappropriate changes now. Yeah, this is definitely inappropriate changes. <laughs> I mean, if you guys are cool with, like, never getting female listeners ever, like, sure. Hey, if females want to slip it in, I'm not going to complain. Yeah. Hey, hey, you know, I like that sexist, Mark. Women have the option to slip some in. They, they totally do. It's 2016, man. You know, whatever. Okay. I'm down well, with that. I'm just saying, like, I, look, I don't know if we're going to... Last year, a man won woman of the year. So I'm pretty sure true. it's perfectly fine for a woman to slip some in. That's. I mean, hey, all these things are true. I'm just saying, I don't know if we're going to attract um anything, any, anyone outside of our normal demographic with, with those. But See, hey. the real question I've always had is: Is that are there women that listen to us? If you're a I female, know, I know you, for a and, fact, you, and you listen to Commander Cast, I know for a fact up. we have female listeners because I met a couple at a judge conference I was at a year and a half ago. She was there with so her, you, she was there with her partner, boyfriend pers- type person. I, I, don't, I don't, I don't know how serious they were, but she was there with him, and they recognized me by voice because I was talking to one of the other judges at the table. And they're like, wait, is that him? So I know for a fact we have at least one female listener. I mean, there used to so be women if you on are this that cast. one random female listener. Hit us up. Yeah, we used to have Brian who used to be here, and, and then William took yes. over and she left. And then that one time William got a female onto the show at the beginning, and she was like a art designer, I she think, was, or a cosplayer. She, yeah, she's a semi-professional cosplayer, and that was R&L. And she's come up with some pretty good stuff lately. Like, actually. And I and I and what was uh, we got Heather Dawn on the show once. Yeah, that's, that's also true. I'm just saying there's like kind of a a large space like that might help, you know, along with the like social media strategy. You know, just well, saying, well, no, trying to like Heather, Heather open just, up the demographic. Heather just saying that I, we need to get bring some of these guests back. In fact, yeah. I, in fact, we should see if we get that. Should have been your New Year's resolution, Will. Actually, yeah. go to the fucking guest guest list to actually you know call a guest back and be like, hey, you want to come yeah. do the show again? Yeah, well, you should have been doing that. That should have been your resolution. Too late now. Hey, man, I love the I love the show with John on the uh, the award show. That was prime. <laughs> that was really good. Shame you couldn't have been there for it. Mm. I know. Ironically, I think I had played John in in, in the real like two weeks prior to that. <laughs> yeah, wasn't that what, what the what, he, uh, what, he, what he's really different? saying is ironically Mark was playing John online while we were talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be that would be a true dick move. <laughs> <laughs> like, can you do a show? Nah, I'm going to sit here and play some Odo. I ain't got time for the show. Oh, look, John's on. What's up, John? Oh, play with him. That'd be a wicked dick move. Oh. I'm like, John, aren't you the guy who's supposed to be recording? Yeah, I'm recording right now. Mm. <laughs> actually, that would actually be kind of funny. One of these, one of these days, we got to get Mark online, get John online, and have them both on the show recording and talking to us while playing against each other online. <laughs> actually, we did that. We did that sometime before before Christmas. I can't remember when. But um, because sometimes I'll hop online, I'll play with John or I'll play with Eric on Moto, um, which is all right. But like that's the only way I really like playing Moto anymore is like if I know you and I can like we can Skype at the same time. Like that's the only reason I like to play online anymore. I have one EDH story from over the the break I want to share. Has anybody watching these shows? Because normally we talk about an anime or something. Normally, normally we do, but. I do want to get this out of the way. So, yeah. I was playing Carador. Let's start okay. with that. Where 
the opening hand was literally nothing but lands and Yosei the Morningstar. Not so great, but okay. Okay, so not the greatest hand, but it it's land, so I'm going to have land drops. So for the first six turns, I'm not really doing a whole lot. I'm playing lands, I've got Yosei out to block for me, and that's about it. I draw into Morality Shift, and it's literally a turn, the exact turn where I can cast Morality Shift. I have nothing in my graveyard, and I start giggling incessantly. So my friend wants to know what's up, and I show him the Morality Shift, and he's like, dude, dude, you should totally just do it. Just dump your entire deck into your graveyard. And I'm like, you know what? I don't actually care if I if I win this. I kind of just wanted to do it just to do it. So I sack Yosei to the Frixian Tower, so that I'll have, like, so I just, I just won't die to no draws next turn. I flip over the entire deck into the graveyard. Yosei's the only card in my deck. Yosei dies, keeps the blue player tapped down so I can do something next turn. My friend spends a good five, six minutes looking through my graveyard, and he's like, yeah, I don't see how you don't just lose. Because you have a, disi- a Disciple of Bolas in there. So if you try and do, like, any sort of mass, like, living in shenanigans or whatever, you, you just lose. Like, he doesn't see any way for me to win that turn. So I go, I draw the Yosei back, and I play Rise of the Dark Rounds and get, like, all the things back. And so now, we're in this puzzle state where it's like, okay, how does William actually win this turn and not just die to the, to the Disciple of Bolas that just came out? Because that's not a May trigger. You have to sack something and you have to draw cards. So you have to resolve all your other triggers and try and win before that happens. What I figured out was Titania and Sun Titan came back. So Titania and Sun Titan are going to both bring back the high market and also the a uh, a green white uh, a shop uh, a what was it a temple garden because I've got the Emeria Shepherd out. So first the gray merchant is going to resolve and all, everything gets like drained. But then we sack the Great Merchant to the high market. Micaeus brings him back with Undying, and that's what kills the table. We spent like 15 minutes trying to figure this out. Or at least I fit, spent 15 minutes trying to, to figure this out. And, well, I just, I have never actually done that with morality shit before. That's pretty cool. And now he I've has, always wanted he to play check that. it off his bucket list. Yep. Jump entire deck into graveyard, win before deck out. GG. Achievement unlocked. Alright, so that's my story. Let's see here. Do either of you guys have a story you wanted to share before we sign off? Uh, I no, I had a show. So, go watch Making a Murderer, or Making of a Murderer on oh. Netflix. Wait, what? The Making of, Making murderer. of a Murderer? Yeah. It's a nonfiction show. So. Okay, it's, alright, so what's the pitch? So it's like, a, it's, it's a documentary, it's a pitch about this guy in Wisconsin, um, who sadly enough kind of reminds me of like some of my students, cause I teach in kind of like a rural, a rural district, and this kid was like, you know, like, he was kind of a goof-off, he, you know, he did some some dumb crap when he was a kid, whatever, and then he ended up pissing off uh, a deputy sheriff's wife, and there was also an attempted rape in his town, and then he got sent up for 18 years for a rape he did not commit, and then when he got out of jail, he decided that um, he tried to file some charges against the local police department. The local police department didn't have any. The government made an investigation, but didn't really do anything about it. So then he sued them. And then, and I'm only on like the second episode, so I'm not quite sure how this went about. But eventually, he gets sent back to prison for a murder he didn't commit. Same dude. It's a real story. It's really kind of messed up. Huh. So, yeah. It's worth taking a look at. It's a really well done documentary. So. See, I have to go watch this. It's really good. Uh, let's see. Uh, 
show that I watched, and this is going to sound kind of ironic, is called Rocket Jump. Hmm. From the Command Zone guys? You see, that's the ironic part. See, I was watching the show <laughs> before I even started listening to Command Zone, because <laughs> the show comes on on Hulu. And basically yeah. what Rocket Jump is, in case you don't know what it is, it's a show with these um, directors who make YouTube videos, and Hulu has given them a lump sum of money to produce eight short films. And what they have to do is come up with eight different movies or TV, like eight different like um, short skits. It has to be like YouTube video long or whatever. Mm-hmm. So at the end of each episode, you know, you get to see the video that they make, and the whole premise of it is is for them to make eight awesome shows or pr- uh, produce eight awesome shows. And you, in the process of watching them, you can watch them like actually go to directing process, to creation process of the show. They go to the art stage, getting actors, and most of the, um, the skits that they've made so far have been like really funny. The first episode that they have, it's um, Need for Speed meets the Wild Wild West. So they have people with horses that are trying to drift. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, one of the other episodes was involved, um, what was it? Two girls who are making a fanfic together about Sherlock Holmes and Dracula, but they have two totally view, two totally different views on what the um, fanfic would be. So like one of them is making it like all action packed with like Doctor Who. Well, not, not, it's not Dr. It's, um, Sherlock Holmes is fighting Dracula with a lightsaber. And the other one's like, and then they start to make out. Nice. But in the, in, in the process, and the two girls are kind of, like, as you're watching it, they actually have, but you actually get to see, like, uh, Doctor Who. Why don't you say Doctor Who? You get, you have to see Holmes fighting Dracula, and then out of nowhere, something weird will occur. And then it is like, it skips back to the girls in their room. Let's see, another episode that they've done was, um, I think it's, uh, called Truck Puncher versus Bus Flipper. <laughs> I'm on board. And it's basically this guy, this is black guy, and I believe he's truck puncher, and he punches a truck and it flips over. And then there's this other guy who's the bus puncher, and he punches like a school bus and it flips. And then they get into like a punching contest to see who could flip the biggest thing by punching it. That's awesome. I think I need to watch this. And I've seen some of their I, shorts, and they're and really good. Thing is, it's like I was all into the show and watching it, and then, you know, happened to go on Stitcher and actually got Commander Cast on Stitcher, and I was like, okay, now the Commander Cast is on Stitcher. Let's see if we're – what other EDH stuff is on there. Because when I first got my um, Stitcher app and I typed in magic-based content, the only thing that showed up was limited resources. So in my mind, nothing else was there. I never bothered to look again. And then Command Zone popped up, and Commander ran. And I was like, hmm, all right, let me listen to these things. And I listened to Command Zone, and they are, and their email is from Rocket Jump. And one, and I believe both of the guys on that show have been on one of the episodes, at least, of Rocket Jump. So I've actually seen our competition and didn't even realize I was watching him <laughs> probably pussing, punching a bus. That's awesome. <laughs> I, re- I don't know. I really like that studio. Rocket Jump puts out some cool stuff, man. Yeah. Uh. Hey, give me that show, Mark. Yeah, I mean, I'm recording a new one tomorrow. Not tomorrow, Saturday. So I'll drop another one. Now I'm thinking about it. William, you give me that show, too, because you haven't sent me anything either, you douche. God damn, I knew I forgot to do something. Tuesdays has just been fucking empty for, like, the last, like, four weeks because it ain't shit to post. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, Mark, when's the next episode? Mark's got radio silence. Okay, well, when's the next episode? I'm going to record one. Nothing. Yeah. Okay, Tuesday's coming. Uh, there's nothing on Tuesday. Uh, well, fuck it. Tuesday's <laughs> just empty this week because there ain't nothing there. Yeah, I'm not recording nothing to fill in that gap. This is yeah. what Brain John brought, did to us. It, we caught his hibernation. 
No way. We were in hibernation like way before that. (laughs) At least I was anyway. December just becomes the the fuck it month. It really does. Yeah. But see, now we're back and now we're like the get back in the gym month because it's January. And that'll last a couple weeks, maybe. Yeah, it's an extremely short show. Yeah. So we're good. Like, Hmm. like, Commander Cast, like, oh, cut and lean for the new year. I like cut and lean, gentlemen. I'm telling you. I think it'll make for better things. Feels good to be back on air. That is true. It has been. I mean, it's been longer for me than you guys, but it's been a little, little while. Yep. Yeah, uh, I think Calvin just went about near mad with that, with all that radio silence. <laughs> he did. Yeah. I mean, but you know that it ended up brewing a pretty sweet deck. So it's not all in vain. I'm looking. I'm just looking for stuff that kind of has regenerate in its card text. And how did I not know about this Deathmark prelate before? Yeah, like, I don't know why Regenerate stuck in my craw today, or, like, earlier on the week, but, like, Regenerate effects, I think it was, I've been playing with, I think it was one of the charms, one of the Golgari charms, I think, and the little Regenerate each creature thing. Oh, yeah, that's right, it does. Yeah, Yeah, so I've been messing around with that thing, which I've actually, that has actually been the most useful little modal on there for me, so I think that's what drove it. No, I like Golgari charm quite a bit, too. I, the regenerate's not irrelevant. I don't know why, just in the last couple games from, that I played, you know, like the Golgari games, like I was playing with a, you know, duh, like the Marin deck, uh, that I've been messing around with. Um, and that thing has just been sweet. So I want to regenerate me some, th- some stuff. Alright, Calvin, is your connection alright? Okay, how does this sound? Like a robot. Like you're on, like you're a 9 49er and then you're trying to get in there over the, the, uh, the radio speaker. I yeah. don't get that reference. Hold on. Like a like a robot trucker. If the if the Terminator was gonna call in death threats over a CB, that's what you sound like. How's about now? Oh, right, that sounds pretty good. Whoa, much better. I got a new Bluetooth headpiece that I was uh, attempting to use, so I wouldn't have to put my phone up to my mouth while talking. Not Is working the- so well, so fuck it. Uh. Those Bluetooth sets, man, I swear, I, I don't know, my, my wife's car is like the Bluetooth graveyard. Like, she, we've gone through two or three of them that never really work out well. Oh my god, I can't believe I get to write this down! What? What is he writing? I can't see, Mark. I can't see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, spiny starfish. <laughs> Damn it, that was on my list. <laughs> I actually found it when I was going through some old cards earlier this week, and I was like, holy fucking shit, it's a Spidey Starfish. I remember this thing. Yeah, Spidey Starfish is pretty sweet. And then this week I started at the card shop and actually got a ton of shit done. Like, we had this whole back wall area that was just covered in miscellaneous boxes and unsorted stuff, and it was just a horrible mess. And it only took me two days of concentrated cleaning effort to get that shit sorted and put away and organized. Now we have a whole roll of tables for players to actually play cards on. Huh. Was it just buried under shit before? It was just buried under shit before. And, like, we couldn't use it for anything because it was just buried under shit. It's kind of ironic because... They didn't realize it was actually a table day, Mark. That's the real kicker. I was going to say, when I was growing up, the uh, the ironic part is my comic book shop was called Buried Under. So, like, that was literally the name of it. It was just Buried Under Comics. And it actually, it was. Like, all that shit was just on. It, some, it was just someone who was a hoarder who started, like, a comic book shop. 
but it worked out, so fuck it. Like, there were boxes of, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Vanguard and other type of games that I don't actually necessarily play myself. But we have employees who specialize in those games, so when they came in, I had them sort through all the stuff I had set aside. And we actually found a lot of really valuable stuff that, that we could sell. Cool. Just, I feel... Speaking of valuable stuff that you can sell, yesterday, I learned... Well, actually, today I learned that battery presenter card packs are some of the best and worst packs I've ever opened in my entire life. What'd you get? <laughs> well, yesterday, I bought a pack. I still haven't found another version of, what was it, um, Scores from Existence or Scourge... The Colas, um Exile Spell for seven. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I've, I've gone through like 20 packs now. Still haven't found a second one. Jesus Christ, isn't that but a common? It, it's a common. Still haven't yet to see a second one. I've only found one so far. <laughs> but that's okay, because yesterday I, pack, I bought a pack of uh, Battle for Zendikar, and I cracked it open, and I went to the back of the pack, and there was something in there. Something shiny. Something full art. Ooh. Something land-based. Something red and white. I found a full art Eret Mesa. Ooh. Oh, damn. At Eret Mesa! So, so I was like, yeah, this is amazing. So today I decided to go, you know what, hey, that, yesterday's pack was cool. I mean, granted, I didn't really get anything out of it I wanted, but hey, I'll give it a try. Try something else. Cracked the pack today. Guess what I pulled? Shit. Flamunda cheese. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So it's like, hmm. The good damn. Lord giveth and the good Lord taketh away, man. <laughs> yeah. That's okay, though. I'll crack four more packs of Fermenter Cheese if it allowed me to hold on to an Arid Mesa. Yeah, that's really good. That's a hefty promise, Calvin. Oh. Hey, but hey, we got some really exciting stuff coming out in Oath of the Gatewatch now. Yeah. We have, like, actual literal card advantage in red. What the fuck? Not only that, but... I have no idea what you're talking about. Chandra, man. Like, you get... You actually get one extra card. Kind of. The first time she's really? actually just replacing herself, so it actually zooms yeah, out. Yeah, but, you know. Hey, but you like, get an extra card somewhere. The, ex- the next turn, though, that's an extra card. You see, here's the interesting part of it about this, Mark. You're saying Flare the Hatebound? I have no idea what that card is. <laughs> you put it in your deck. <laughs> yeah, but I'm currently in the street and walking. I don't have my deck review in front of me. I can't oh, even fine, see the cards. Fine, all right. Well, <laughs> I, I guess I mean no, if, I have no idea what this card is. All right, fine. I'll read the damn card. Flare the Hatebound. Um, <laughs> don't don't read it yet. Like, what? Did you guys already start the segment? Yes. I mean, well, yeah, we already started the segment. Yeah, we're in the right, segment just, right now. We're we're in the segment. All right, just double checking, just making sure, just making sure. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye. Five five star rating. <laughs> You're like, hello, one stars. <laughs> Shut up, Navi. <laughs> Hello, complaints in the comment section. Yep. This show is nowhere nearly as, as entertaining as Command Cast or Commanderin. I can't believe Stitcher even gave you guys a position on their thing. They should just boot you now. All right, so you guys ready for this? I'm ready. No. All right, then. I have, I, have no, I have no regeneration cards. I didn't even have my deck. I'm still in the midst of walking. I'm, I'm nowhere near home. <laughs> you know, fuck it. Let's do this. <laughs> it's okay. We just make Doctor Who references the whole time. All right. So. So what, hap- what happens is, is that Mark just reads the card off for me, and then I read the card off as if I actually have it in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> and then I edit Mark reading it off to, off to me out the show. 
So that's, not, that's not the worst way to do it. <laughs> uh, Mike, read me a card that has regenerate on <laughs> There we go. This is the, the creative editing portion. All right. So, Calvin, the the card that you want to talk about with regenerate is... How about Veril's the Scar Striped? Okay. Veril's the Scar Striped? What does he do again? No. All right. I'll give you another one, no, man. No, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying. Read, I'm just saying. Read the card. Read him? All right. So he's the he's the dude who has who has scavenge, <laughs> and every every card in your graveyard has scavenge. But if you sacrifice another creature, you can regenerate barrels of scar striped. He's uh, also what's a, his power. He's a he's like a two two, not much. For one black green. Right. Yeah. And he has scavenge on him. What's the scavenge cost, Mark? Uh. The scavenge cost is equal to the creature's mana cost. He's the guy who says that all your creatures have, all your dead creatures have scavenge. Yep. Okay. So, and how do you activate his regenerate mark? Uh, you just sacrifice another build, another creature. So he's a little sack outlet yeah, so you, on your commander. Yeah. Wait, Mark, have you actually seen the abridged version of Attack on Titan? No. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, hold on. I need to get you the link so you can watch it later. Okay, I'm there's good like, with that. Okay, there's like there's uh it has to be specifically Team Four Star. I did so, buy so the question. first. The does first this actually mean Mark will be around? Does this mean Mark will actually be around for our daily bit section for a second? I mean, for like a hot second. Like I I I went to sleep at like midnight and woke up at three this morning. So like I'll, I'm pretty much. It's actually ahead. nice to know that I have someone to talk to outside of the show, outside of just William. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna put on a, so that I can make sure it's the right one. Oh dear God! I love. Yep, yep. This is the right one. All right, so I'll drop this into our chat here. Oh God. Oh dear God! I love th- what they did with the drill sergeant. So go ahead and watch that. And come back next week. That's your homework. Okay. <laughs> All right. Only you to give the teacher homework.